0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. I uh, usually we come on a Monday, but it was a holiday yesterday, so hopefully everybody had a great Labor Day weekend and enjoyed the first full weekend of college football. Uh, we'll wrap up the Ball State game, Indiana won 34 24, and then take a look at Indiana's next matchup against Eastern Illinois. But first, a word from our friends at MyBookie. Uh, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why don't you keep picking winners and not and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where your bet where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Uh visit mybookie Dot .ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Alright, we're bringing in TJ Inman uh, today. TJ, one, happy birthday. Uh, two, how did you enjoy that first full weekend of college football?
1: It was a lot of fun. Uh, certainly uh, great to have college football back. Um, not a ton of, uh, of great games and
0: uh, you
1: know, I saw a stat that it was the uh, best week that ranked teams have ever had uh, in the AP poll era, um, which is you know quite a long time. I think that was back to the 50s maybe or 60s um, best week in terms of uh, ranked teams' records. So uh, no shocking results outside of uh, probably Georgia State going to Tennessee and beating the Volunteers, but. Some good games and some uh, interesting results for sure. Uh, It was great to have IU football back, and uh, a good reminder of how stressful things can be, even in uh, winning scenarios.
2: Yeah, the slate of of games this first week wasn't really great. Nothing really uh, stood out. You know, you had Alabama, Duke, and the the best game was probably uh, Oregon. Auburn, and that came down, uh, you know, to the yeah. the last minute there. Uh, but let's let's focus on Indiana Ball State. Indiana came away with a 10 point win. Uh, it was a hard fought win, a lot more difficult than many expected. Um, my initial thoughts from from that game, I've watched it over now a couple of times. Uh, Indiana didn't play well. Uh, And that's probably the biggest takeaway. They didn't tackle well. Tom Allen said that they had 25 missed tackles uh, that accounted for 181 extra yards. Uh, You had one of your better defenders in Marcelino Ball was hit up for 45 yards and penalties, Uh, and one of them was just a real silly, stupid play where, you know, he he got frustrated and, and flipped the guy. Now, there was a flop. Uh, but took the guy's leg and, and flipped him over and things like that, and then a, a pass interference and a hands to face uh, penalty. Those are things from from your senior leader who who wants to pride, you know, turn number nine into LSU's number seven uh, at Indiana. Those are the things you can't have. Uh, drop passes by guys who are usually reliable, uh, catching the ball. Uh, Nick Westbrook dropped a touchdown. You saw Wap Fillier drop it, it, it was at least a, a first down. If, if there was a missed tackle, he definitely gets in for a touchdown. Uh, yep. But, you know, so Michael Penix could have had a bigger day than he had. I thought Penix was was good, not great. He made a couple of mistakes uh, throwing two interceptions. Uh, the first one was a ball he just shouldn't have thrown, uh, either throw it away or, or tuck it and run. Uh, and then the second one, Ty Vogel, kind of slipped out of, out of the gate and, and threw off the timing there. But overall, I thought he played well. The most impressive thing to me uh, was his running ability and his ability to run the read option. Uh, sometime in the second quarter, there was a play where they ran the read option, I think it was on third down, uh, and the, the defense buried Ronnie Walker back, and it had everybody fooled, uh, even the the TV announcers were – you know, saying, Oh, I used, you know, a loss of five yards, and all of a sudden you see Penix running around the corner. And I, I think that those are the plays that I thought separated him from Peyton Ramsey. The 75-yard touchdown pass to, to Nick Westbrook, and then running the read option, I thought he 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 ran that read option about as perfectly as, as he could all day. Uh, he didn't take any big hits. The, the offensive line kept him clean. Uh mm-hmm. He needs to be a little bit more accurate uh, in, in putting the ball on guys and maybe take a little bit of steam off of some of those throws. Uh, but overall, he played well, and he got conference um, freshman of the week, things like that, special teams. Uh, special teams, TJ, outside and Nate Snyder, kicking the ball out of, out of bounds twice, which you just got a scholarship, man. What are you doing? um outside of that, i thought they were they were great Hayden whitehead had a had a sixty three yard punt Logan justice uh was perfect four four had reset his career high uh three times during that game uh and eventually hit a 50 yarder uh did the return game with david Ellis i I'm really excited about that i i i would put money if i if you could put money on it, i would put money on on David Ellis breaking one for a touchdown as well. After years, after the last couple of years of watching Devontae Williams and um, whoever returned last year, uh, just not getting the ball past the 20-yard line, it was refreshing to see David Ellis um, make some plays uh, with his speed. Defensively, they got to clean up the, the missed tackles, and that's the biggest thing. And Especially going into this week against an inferior opponent, it's It's more what can IU clean up than what does IU have to do to stop Eastern Illinois. Uh, What are your thoughts coming out of the Ball State game?
1: Well, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I'll add to it a little bit. Uh, I think that the offensive potential uh, really shone through. I I mean, it was a, a day that the offense was productive, uh, but it was also very apparent that they left a lot out there on the field. Um, they, I think that you could conservatively say uh, that they left two touchdowns out there. Um, that with with just correcting simple errors, um, mainly from the receiving core, Indiana adds four, uh 14 more points to their total. Um, I, I'm excited about what that offense can do. I thought that uh, Kalen DeBoer, in his first game as offensive coordinator, in my opinion, it, it definitely looks like investment well worth it. Uh, really thought, and this is just game one. I mean, he's not going to show all his cards here, but uh, love the increased use of the tight ends. I thought Peyton Hendershot, uh and Matt Bjornson both, uh, made some nice catches, Henderson's particular, uh, running that tight end up the seam, up the middle of the field. Uh, I think Hendershock could be really dangerous in that role, and Penix threw well to him, so that that was good to see. Um, I, I thought that uh, the offensive line did do a good job in pass protection. Uh, one, you know, outside of what you mentioned, one kind of disconcerting thing, I, I'm not too concerned yet, uh, but certainly something to keep an eye on as we head into week two. I use running backs really unable to get going against ball state. Part of that is because the Cardinals, you know, they did load up for bear uh, to stop that running game. However, uh, it's ball state. You should expect to still be able to run the ball somewhat effectively with your running backs, even if they choose to load up the box. Um, So I would hope that that's a point of emphasis here for week two certainly something I'm going to be looking for. Uh, You know, Stevie Scott did not have a great game. He did score two touchdowns. I didn't see necessarily anything he did terribly wrong, Um, but I I want to see more from him. And, you know, it was interesting to me that no running back outside of Scott had more than one carry, uh, which um, I was surprised by. And I, I don't expect that to be the case here against Eastern Illinois. If the running game has similar struggles with the running backs, because IU did run the ball well, when you factor in Michael Penix, uh, which is part of the running game for sure. And IU used those uh, kind of bubble screens or tunnel screens, if you will, as an extension of the running game. That's all well and good, and that should continue. That's good to see. Uh, However, you've got to be able to hand the ball off to your running back and get consistent yardage and break some big plays. Uh, That didn't happen against Ball State. So if that happens again against Easton, Illinois, uh, then I think we do have a, a major crisis on our hands there. Um, but, I, you know, that's something to watch. Um, defensively, I, you know, the missed tackles are a big one. I'm not going to get too concerned about it yet because I do think that that's something that after one week of live tackling, I expect it to be a point of emphasis in practice this week. Uh, it's not something they worked on a ton in an effort to stay healthy throughout camp, and I think it showed in week one. That's got to get cleaned up. Uh, I do think the defensive line did a nice job, uh, particularly in the second half, ramping up the pressure on Drew Plitt, uh, and, and I think that overall, um, some things to be pleased about with the defense, but also certainly the tackling, you've got to get that cleaned up. Then on special teams, David Ellis looks like a, looks like a real difference maker for the Hoosiers, uh, every time he touches the ball, he looks, just looks quicker than everybody else when he's got that ball. Um, and then physically, you know, he, he looks pretty big out there. And I think uh, I would not be surprised to see him be a bit bigger part of the game plan moving forward uh, on the offensive side of the ball, not just on special teams. I, I would be excited to see him get involved some, uh, in the receiving game as well. Um, I am a little bit uh, concerned about Indiana's. I don't want to say the interior of the defensive line, but you know, it is a little bit concerning to see Ball State's running backs, uh, particularly Huntley, um, be able to have as much success as they did. Now, IU ended up holding them to a pretty respectable average in terms of the yards per carry. Uh, because I do think the defense played better as the game progressed. Um, and it, it was good to see them end up finally getting a takeaway after a uh, dropped interception. Um, you know, uh, overall, I would look at it as it's a game you didn't play well. At best, I would say it was probably a B-minus game at best. And I've that's being fairly generous. Um, yep. You were leading the whole way. You never trailed. Ultimately, it was a double-digit victory that, well, not a a blowout by any means at all. Credit to Ball State for that. It was a somewhat comfortable victory. It never felt like IU was going to to lose that game in the second half. So uh, a lot of teams would take that from their week one uh, because they didn't have A-plus games or even A games and uh, came away with losses. So ultimately, Indiana relatively healthy coming out of it, a lot to work on. Uh, but some definite positives as well, and you got a win from it. Overall, not too much to be complaining about.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're nitpicking here. You got the win, which is the most important part of seeing on social media that people are, are dogging Tom Allen for ce- celebrating the win and things like that, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I use one not a level learned... where,
1: where we can bitch about a win.
2: No. You know, one thing I've learned about working in, in a tough environment that, that I do at the school that I work in, that you have to celebrate your wins, no matter how small they are. Otherwise, you're going to turn out to be a miserable person, and you're going to get burnt out really quickly. So, you know what? Celebrate it. There's only 12 games every year. Um, and celebrate the win. They He wasn't happy in the, you know, post-game right. press conference. He knew That they didn't play that well, Uh, and and he knew that they needed to improve tackling. But
1: yeah, I think there was a lot of. I think that was the quote:
2: "horrible tackling." Yeah, it it was something. It was, was, which it was, it was horrible tackling. They missed 25 tackles, which went for nearly 200 yards, and it was at least a couple touchdowns. So you know, you fix those things, and and they're fine. I don't think people love to overreact after week one. Um, it's still early. Uh, you know, this is it's you're still feeling around where this team is and and, and you know, you gotta be able to put the blinders on and, and kind of ignore that Maryland beat Howard seventy nine nothing and that Penn State put up seventy nine points on on whoever they played uh and, and all those things and, and just say, Hey we 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 got the win uh, against a team that that plays this very hard, and we got to move on and and go now go go win this week and start the season two and zero. So speaking of uh, Eastern Illinois, they come in at zero and one. They lost last week at Chattanooga twenty four ten. They hmm. won the yardage battle, but they didn't. They didn't really do anything great. Uh, you know, they, they played two quarterbacks. They don't really have an offensive identity. They like throwing that short pass in the short game. This is a game where, you know, if you're Indiana, you you got to focus on improving yourself. It, it's a game where if you improve tackling and, and cut those missed tackles in half, um, if not by more, you uh, you should walk out of Memorial Stadium with a comfortable, very comfortable win. And, you know, it's more of a game. You've got to improve yourself. Okay, what, what does Indiana need to improve upon? Their, their running backs have to get going. Their wide receivers have to catch the ball. And the defense, you've got to get Marcelino Ball's head right, and, and you've got to be able to tackle you take care of those things, uh, unless Eastern Illinois brings back Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo, I I, I really think Indiana is going to be fine this week. I'm not worried about a score. If they win, you know, 35-10 or something like that, just improve upon the stuff that they needed to improve upon uh, against Ball State. And, you know, then, then you can look forward to, to the next game. But, you know, Eastern Illinois, they, they're going to play two quarterbacks. Uh, They have a couple, you know, they spread the ball around. I think 10 different receivers caught passes in their first game, and and six different people ran the ball. So you're going to see a lot of different people catching the ball and things like that. Their defense didn't do a a whole lot outside of two interceptions, Uh, but they they didn't pressure the quarterback. It's a game where Indiana's offensive line should be able to build their confidence a little bit more after – not allowing a sack against Ball State. Uh, so, you know, you, you feel pretty good. What are your initial thoughts about uh, Eastern Illinois, TJ?
1: Yeah, so first-year head coach for the Panthers, uh, he comes over from Northwestern, uh, longtime assistant under Pat Fitzgerald. So uh, that's the culture and the system that he's attempting to instill at Eastern Illinois. Um, you know, you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have some short passing uh, you're going to have a, attempted to get the ball out quickly, uh, and then you're, you're going to try. And one of the things that he talked about in the offseason was, um, you know, something Northwestern has done incredibly well over the years is, you know, be really good in the red zone on offense and defense, uh, placing a high emphasis on uh, converting your red zone chances into touchdowns and stopping the other team from scoring touchdowns in the red zone, force them to field goals. Um, that's, that's a big thing that, uh, that he wants to put on their uh, kind of into their program. Obviously, it's going to take time to get that uh, instilled. And um, he is a first-time head coach, so who knows if he'll be successful or not. Uh, Brantley is going to be um, the, the guy that's probably going to be their primary quarterback, Woodbury. Uh, their second guy, he got most of the fourth quarter reps after the game was more or less decided the first three quarters mainly went to their starter. Uh, he's a bit more mobile, but neither of them were very successful. Um, defensively, they did a good job on running, uh, run defense. Chattanooga did not have much going on the ground. Uh, however, they did give up a, a really high completion percentage as well as almost 300 yards uh, to Chattanooga's quarterback, So, um, which, you know to be blunt, I have no idea if he's any good or not. Um, but I think that there will be the opportunity there for Mike Penix to have a very, very nice day. The question is, as you said, this is about improvement for Indiana from week one to week two, getting yourself ready for that huge matchup against the Buckeyes. Um, so I do think that Indiana's primary focuses, the keys to the game are going to be, one, improving the tackling, particularly if you're dealing with an opponent that throws those short passes That's their goal is to get playmakers into space uh, and force your defense to make plays, force your defense to make those tackles as opposed to, you know, letting that three-yard gain turn into a 15-yard gain. That's going to be the key for Indiana's defense. Number one, get pressure on the quarterback. Number two, uh, when they do get the ball out into those flats or into the quick slants, make the first tackle. You know, make the first tackle. Don't make the third attempt at a tackle. Make the first one. Uh, and, and limit Eastern Illinois' uh, yards after contact, if you will. Um then on offense, I think I use key is going to be, yeah, uh, continuing to establish Mike Penick and, and get him those reps that he desperately needs and that experience he needs in a game situation. But for me, I'm going to be looking at can I use running backs, get some confidence, uh, get into a rhythm, and have success running the ball. Against the team that Indiana should be able to bully.
2: Yeah, and you know those are all the all the things uh, that they need to do. It's more of a, a matchup against themselves uh, than a matchup against an opponent. And and you know people clamor that oh they don't want to play FCS opponents and things like that. But Eastern Illinois is one perfect. of the not. Not this year, but in in their history, they're one of the better FCS teams. They have a great history. Um, they've won a national title. What people fail to realize is that they need, you know, they need Eastern Illinois needs this needs this money. And all these FCS programs. Yeah. Look, we 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 all love the sport of football. And in order to keep it alive, you want to give as many opportunities to people as possible. Uh, so. You have to. These are the games that that you have to do, and and it works out for IU. This is a game that they should win, uh, and that it's a smart scheduling. Um, it's smart scheduling decision. Instead of going to play yep. on the road against Nevada or playing Vanderbilt at home, and you know staring 0-2 down down the barrel of the 0-2 gun, you you could start the year 2-0. Uh, you should start the year 2-0. And you could build your depth by playing some young guys, especially at home. Uh, and, and I know some Indiana fans, I think they're delusional. Uh, they they want to play Notre Dame. They want to play these big teams. But then they, they whine and cry when, when the team goes 5-7. and seven. You go back to 2013, which is probably one of the better IU, probably the best IU offense ever, and probably one of the better IU teams in, in the last 20 years, Outside of that defense, they played Navy and Missouri at home and only lost both of them, and they won five games. So, yep, you know you can't have your cake and eat it too right now. So it's it's a smart des- scheduling decision. Um, you you got to win games. You, you can't you know it, it's you can't please everybody at the same time. So you got to win games, and this is that game. So. Let's move on to matchups to watch. TJ, what is your matchup to watch?
1: Well, I, I think the the two that I mentioned before are probably the most critical. Um, I think Indiana has a gigantic advantage in terms of uh, playmakers at receiver versus the Eastern Illinois secondary. Um, I think they have a gigantic advantage size of IU's offensive line against Eastern Illinois' front seven. Um, but the, the one that I'm going to choose because I think it's most critical to Indiana's success over the course of the season, I'm going to go with Eastern Illinois' uh, receivers versus IU's tackling. and uh, Running backs, I'll throw that in there too. So basically, Eastern Illinois', Illinois offense versus IU's tackling, uh, I need to see an improvement from that because if there's a lot of missed tackles against Eastern Illinois, uh, they, they give up a lot of yardage. Now, look, if you miss a tackle, uh, but you slow the guy up to where you know, your defense can rally to the ball, get two or three helmets on it, uh, and get the ball carrier down. That's one thing. Missing a tackle in space, who gives up another 15 yards. Guess what? Against Ohio State or against Penn State, that could be a touchdown, and it has to get cleaned up. Um, that's the main thing that I'm going to look for, is an improvement in that area from Indiana.
2: Yeah, it's you know my matchup to watch is is the Indiana Indiana's offensive line and run blocking against the uh, defensive line that really hasn't put pressure on anybody. They only had five tackles for a loss last week, no sacks. Um, yep. Indiana's running game's got to get going. If it doesn't get going against uh, against these guys, PJ, just like you said, it's it's a major concern. Um, but yep. They should be able to, uh, as we all thought at the beginning of the year, Stevie Scott's numbers would go down just because of the numbers IU has in the backfield. Uh, That's what's going to happen. It's really tough for him to replicate what he did last year. So we'll see. Uh, If if Indiana uh, establishes that running game, they should be all right. They should walk away with a big win. And uh, everybody could go home – hopefully happy. I I know people will be complaining that it's just Eastern Illinois, it's an FTS opponent. Uh and that they'll probably, you know, say, Oh, we can't beat Ohio State and things like that but you know, that's the life of an Indiana fan. So, you know, you got you gotta find you gotta find some joy in victories no matter who you beat. And you Look, if you're happy when you're miserable, you can come take my teaching job and things like that. I'll tell you you'll be miserable a lot. Uh but it's you got to enjoy college football a little bit and you got to take a win. You could only play who's on your schedule. And next up for IU is Eastern Illinois. And I I I think it's going to be a big win. All uh, right, so TJ, uh score predictions.
1: michael Indiana 45 Eastern Illinois uh, let's see. I I wrote this down. Gotta find it. 45-17. Uh, is what I'm gonna go with. I think Eastern Illinois um, gets a couple of scoring uh, opportunities that they convert on, but uh, I think IU will be firmly in control of this. The only spread that I've seen on this game, uh, it is not offered uh, at a few places, but I found it offered at one place as IU minus 34. Um, so I think it'll be somewhere around there, but uh, I think Indiana will be firmly in control of this one, 45-17 Hoosiers, and I do expect uh, a bit more of a, um, I I think a lot of guys are going to get to play uh, in the home opener, which is good, you know, stay fresh, hopefully stay healthy for Ohio State, uh, but like you said, the score of it, Obviously, you need to win the game, but the overall march to victory, to me, not nearly as important as the, the way that this game plays out
2: uh, to how I'll feel headed into Ohio State. Yeah, I'm going to go Indiana 49, Eastern Illinois 10. Uh, it, it's, again, one of those games where, Indiana, you have to judge yourself against yourself. Uh, do you make those tackles? Do you run the ball well? Do you make those catches that you should make uh, and things yeah. like that? So I'm going to go 49-10. You get a lot of the a lot of the depth pieces in, and and hopefully you get out of here clean with no injuries and, and can move on to uh, the rest of the schedule, which you, you dip into Big Ten play the following week, uh, and then follow that up with Connecticut, and then and then the rest of the Big Ten schedule. So I think. Getting, Opening up the offense a little bit more, um, getting Michael Penix's confidence up again, making sure that he doesn't make those mistakes, making sure that the defense can tackle, and uh, getting everybody on the same page is the most important thing for Saturday. All right, TJ, that does it for our podcast tonight. Thanks for joining us. Have a happy birthday. Hopefully, uh, people have some uh, something planned for you at home, something special. Uh, other than that, enjoy another week of uh, upcoming college football.
1: Absolutely, thanks everybody for listening. We'll have uh, game preview stuff for Eastern Illinois uh, all week, and um, of course Saturday all the game coverage. So, have a good week, everybody.
2: All right, that does it for today today's podcast. You can read us on Huddle dot com. You could follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Same on Instagram. It's at Hoosier underscore Huddle. We'll have photos from all the games, all the coverage you need, uh, rap and reactions, uh, things, and that stuff. So, Indiana, Eastern Illinois, Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Kicks off at 3.30. It'll be broadcast on BTN. Check your local listings uh, for that game as well. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. And we're almost halfway through the week.
0: Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, So, I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word Broomgate. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as
2: kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time?